There we go. You got a look. You got a clamato. Oh, it's a clamato. Yeah. I got a San Pellegrino. Mutts. Mutts. This is the. Does <laughs> anyone? Corey. What? Oh. Like it's a can uh, thing, I guess. But does anyone buy the not extra spicy? Like, is there another option? There are others, but we always buy extra spicy. Do you? Let's cue the music and we'll talk about that. Yes, there is a, a pickled bean one that I quite enjoy. Oh. Okay. You know, there's a variety of these. Oh, should we inform the Americans <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, I think so. And how Canadians drink clams. I never know who doesn't know about Clamato. Mm. I'll try and explain it. It's, uh, it's a Bloody Mary with clams. <laughs> in it. Well, not like the physical clams, but like the juice of clams. Mm-hmm. Not that clams can be juiced. I'm assuming there's some sort of liquid that is what comes out of a clam. You know, I never thought about it. I'm trying to read the label yeah, in real it, time. I don't know. It, it says clam juice, though. Clam juice. It? Yeah. What does that mean? I, Do I juice it like a squeeze can of you clam? Juice a clam? And then this I don't know. <laughs> they come wet out of the ocean. I don't know. It's a, it's a Bloody Mary, kids. Um, and like, you know, any American bar that goes too far with the Bloody Mary. There's the accoutrement. There's like the, mm-hmm. the rim, right? Oh, yeah. So the rimmer is like a celery salt, essentially with spices. Uh, we put a Worcester sauce in there. <laughs> That's another word I can't say. Uh-huh. I don't think it's Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Is it? It's British. Is it? The Shire means it's yeah. British, right? I think so. But I think in places like Boston, they just call it Worcester, which it's I easier. like. Not that I'm from Boston or... I'm even close to accurate. How you like them? Wish then dish. we spice it, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, typically Tabasco, but uh, any will do. I'm a habanero spice guy. Yep. And I think the Americans do put in a celery stock, right? We do. Uh, yeah. a little, maybe a little pickle across the top, you know, maybe an olive or two. It depends. It's a brunch drink, right? You go to brunch, right. you get a little Caesar. Yep. I went to a brunch place in the States where you were allowed to make your own Bloody Marys. It was a Bloody Mary bar, oh, oh. you know, and it wasn't one of those ones where they bring you the vodka and then away you go, right? It was just like the bottle of vodka is there. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> is this really California? Oh man, so, that sounds great. But we go pretty far with these Caesars, which was invented in Calgary. Oh. According to the lore. Yeah. And uh, I guess... I don't know if you've had one of these where you go and it's got like bacon and a pickle and there's a pepperette and there's like a little mini slider. Like it's this, no, it's a meal on top of the Caesar. What is this? Stupid. This is what happens when franchises <laughs> run out of ideas, right? They start putting hamburgers on your drinks. Right. Yeah. So that's what you're, you're drinking. A, I've got a, a, a Mott's Clamato Caesar is the French side of this. I'll turn it over. It says the same thing on the other side. So, uh-huh. <laughs> and now you speak French. So, uh, for 5.5% uh, alcohol volume, it's a vodka beverage, uh, mm-hmm. 458 milliliters. For you asking, there you go. We uh, we got pretty hardcore into Caesars maybe two summers ago. 
And uh, we we started getting, you know, the Walters mix. We were looking for organic mixes. We were finding all of these things. And my mm-hmm. older brother, Mike, who you've probably never met. I don't think so. Is somewhat of a Caesar connoisseur and an expert maker. And he got this bottle. You can only get in Ontario via like the bar distributor networks mm-hmm. or there's maybe like a specialty store i think he knows in toronto where you can get this mixed thing it's this kind of seasoned spice it's not it so it replaces the wooster like it's this you know thing that's going to go in there and every time he makes a caesar my mind is blown so it's is like it, i didn't know it's a liquid or it's a solid yeah. or it's a no it's a liquid it's grain. a grain it's like a yeah <laughs> so i have to find out what that mix is but uh, it, it's his secret sauce for me. The, I don't know why the listeners would care about this, but for me, the secret is you start your Caesar with a little bit of pickle juice at the bottom. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. And then you build it from there. I like that. We were making our own Caesars in the summer, you know, build it yourself, but now it's, it's winter and it's cold and it's just, it's easier in a can. <laughs> so we're just doing that for now. Are you as bored as as I am? Yep. Yeah. I think that's been the theme. I've been talking to a couple of friends. There's one of my, my best friend's birthday yesterday called him. He was bored. <laughs> His girlfriend's bored. I'm bored. Maya's bored. Everyone I think it's everyone's bored. My mom's bored. Yeah. I think it's uh Yeah. we found two things to sustain us i think through the last two months that were surprisingly good one is a netflix series uh that's really dumb that we really like it's called superstore oh (laughs) anyway it's on netflix uh it's basically a a comedy it's a la community Mm -hmm. you know that kind of Mm -hmm. uh, vibe but it takes place in a superstore like a walmart (laughs) and it's really good (laughs) it's really fun it's like the perfect amount of I just I just can't anymore kind of TV show, um, but I think better recently uh, one of uh, one of our friends sent us a gift certificate to the Good Food yep. uh, mm-hmm. box. Oh yeah, have you been doing this? Oh, uh, we did that uh, at the beginning of the pandemic last year. It's great. It's a wonderful little thing. I know we're super late to the party, but we're having a lot of fun. You can. I mean, you know what it is, but you could still cook, but you don't have to buy the groceries. You get a really good meal. It's packaged all together. It tells you how to do it. Is there still the thing where you can decide, like, (laughs) there's, like, different packages? So if you, like, there's, like, minimal prep packages, and then there's, like, if you really want to get into it and spend an hour preparing your meal, you can can do that. You can, they send you, like, a whole bunch of stuff. It'll take you an hour. Yep. We've been going for the... um... I think we selected, I don't like to spend a lot of time in the kitchen, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily true. It's just, we've necessarily had to spend a lot of time in the kitchen because there's nowhere to go. Yep. And uh, it's given us those meals that are under an hour, usually 30 minutes. This thing is, you're plating something delicious, like really, really good. Um, for, for those that care, what we do with the leftovers is uh, we've gotten pitas and wraps and we make these most delicious lunch wraps the next day by just adding some. This is the thing. Uh, and you get leftovers and you get another you meal get out of it. And it's a, yeah. oh, it's, yeah. it's a Quebec thing too, isn't it? Isn't it based in Quebec? I don't know if it's based in Quebec, but it's here. We, we have it, but we've seen the boxes everywhere. It seems to be one of the more popular uh, meal kit services. 
And it is delicious. We're learning a lot. Like we made a couscous, like a mm. Greek meatball thing the other day. And it's like, I don't know what a demi-glaze is, but now I know why my couscous is always like clumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Mine, I still use, we used to, because one of the things on all of those, the, the ingredient structures or the, the menu is to get your mise en place. Mm-hmm, so plus. <laughs> we anglicize it. We get your mice in place and we got to get, gotta get, oh, get eating. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Um, one, I mean, we've also noticed, you know, it really helps with learning how to better time your activities in the kitchen and uh, the cleanup is great. Anyway, this is not an ad nope. for good food, nope. but uh, email me if you want a coupon. Yeah, same. <laughs> pretty, I got a coupon. pretty great. Yeah, and you don't have to, good. you know, when you're trying to try out new recipes and stuff, but you got to, you, you buy whole thing of a certain spice that you'll never use again because that one recipe calls for it so when you do good food they give you just what you need for that one little dish and away you go amen we had a fajita night and uh, we had to go and find like this latin place and to get basically like this chili paste right the very specific chili paste so that we could make these very specific shrimp anyway, you just know in three years, you're going to look at that chili paste and go, I guess I have to throw this away now, right? So that's the other thing I like about this yeah. is I don't end up with a pantry full of things like, I, I, you know, I went through this state, like phase in my life where I had at any given time a giant, uh, you know, bottle of oyster sauce for the two times a year that I make beef broccoli. Like, <laughs> and it's not, it's not like you can leave it in the pantry. You have to leave this giant thing in the fridge. And there's no like, yep. I don't know why there's no market for like a little oyster sauce. Like, They're all just big oyster all sauces. All big, like got a thing of cumin in my cupboard. Never use it. Never use it. Like, oh, we, we use a lot of cumin. Know. Yeah. Well, that's a good spice. But <laughs> you know what we had last We're, night? We yeah. had, and this is really, no one's going to care. But when you and Natty visited us right before the pandemic kind of raged into North America, we mm-hmm. went to that restaurant <laughs> called Taboule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. ordered from them. We ordered there for them, but once a month because it's delicious. But that little Lebanese place that still, thank, thank goodness, it's still open, and we ordered from them about once a month. And we had, uh, we had them last night, and uh, thought of you guys. Oh, I miss, I miss everyone. <laughs> I'm glad those guys are still around. I mean, yeah. there's, we're at that phase where I don't want to talk about this too much, but we're we're losing restaurants here. That's starting to happen. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I. I guess this good food or these kind of meal prep things are as close as we can get to going out and experimenting. Because that's one of the things, probably like you guys, we just love trying new things, right? right. And uh, fuck, we need something to do. We just need something to do. It's come to that where we're just like, what do we do today? And mm-hmm. we were talking, we had our outing yesterday and we had another thing on the list that we didn't get to. And I said, no, no, let's, no need to rush it. That's another <laughs> yeah. whole day's outing. Uh, <laughs> that we could do during the week it's you're uh-huh. just pausing things and it's kind of you got to laugh at it but uh yeah i mean i we we're kind of doing a bizarro show here today trying not to talk about it but i tried to make a list of five things that uh i've been doing but i couldn't get to five don't have five really yeah well i got a couple i got a book that i'm reading i wrote down a series yep. that we just watched uh mm-hmm. and a movie that we just watched and then that was three and then after <laughs> And then number bed. four is like, I don't know. And number five is uh, we watched the the James Corden video yesterday with uh, Prince Harry on it. And that was kind of amusing for 12 minutes. Oh. But, uh, you know. Okay. I'm waiting for the Oprah interview, honestly. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
because I think that's where all the dirt's going to come out. What? What? Uh, okay. Well, let's let's go through your list. Let's do this. What are you reading? <laughs> I'm reading uh, Barack's book, uh, Promised Land. Oh, how is it? It's actually quite good. No, I mean, actually, it's it's good. I'm enjoying okay. it. Uh, you know the <laughs> the sixty pages on the green energy negotiations could have been probably half, but other <laughs> not that right. it's not important, but I don't think we need all the finite details. Um, otherwise, I'm I'm quite enjoying it. Uh, especially the first part of it, which I think like most books that are kind of autobiographical, it goes into stuff that, you know, you ever knew about him, his childhood, growing up, his family background, living in Indonesia, living in Hawaii, living various places, uh, how he got into politics, you know, grassroots kind of stuff, his background. It was, that stuff is really interesting. And then, you know, going through the journey of uh, being a president in the White House and stuff that most people don't know, and I certainly didn't. Um especially the family dynamic of having young children, having young girls, right? you know, sending them off to school with the secret service <laughs> probably isn't a, a great feeling for a father. So it, it's, it's, I'm enjoying it. An incredibly strong um, wife who is, makes no secret of how little she likes politics. Didn't right? want him to run at all, which I thought no. was interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It, it, wow. That actually sounds like a fun, he, he narrates his own books. So that might be one of those ones that I go for the audible book. If he did it, I would. speaking voice. Uh, I mean, he's obviously a well-spoken guy and he writes well. So it's, yeah. it's interesting. I wouldn't, you know, his personality is probably most of why I'm enjoying it just because mm-hmm. he is, mm-hmm. he's interesting. So he's a good writer too. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, he's got some chops. <laughs> <laughs> and there's going to be a second book. So it's 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 a hog. Like it's 700 pages. I'm two thirds of the way Ooh. through, but it's only his first term. So there's going to be okay. a second one, I guess. Oh my God. Um, wow. But we have uh, Michelle's book as well, which I got Maya for Christmas. So we're, when she's done with that, I will dive into that one as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got that for, for Ati a while ago. Um, I don't know how far she got. I think she also switched over to the audio book version. So I do this sometimes too. Mm-hmm. Like I'll... You know, some things are just not fun to read. Some things are also not fun to listen to. I think right? that because Maya was asking me about a book that I wanted and she, we saw the uh, Matthew McConaughey book on the shelf. And I like oh, Matthew yes. McConaughey. He's a pretty interesting guy. But he I was, is an interesting guy. <laughs> in all the senses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I said, I don't, you know, I don't think I want to read his book. But then she asked me, well, would you listen to the audiobook?" And I said, you know what? If he... Is the voice? I would absolutely listen to that audiobook. Yep, and he is. He is okay. Yep. Have you heard? He does. Um, he reads for I think Calm. You know the app, the meditation app. No. Anyways, C L C C A L M because it's hard to just say Calm without it sounding like other things. Maybe that's just me. I could be having a stroke. I thought you said Calm, like C O M. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And uh, they have bedtime stories read by fantastic voices, including Matthew McConaughey. And good night, Irene. It is (laughs) awesome. I could listen to him read the phone book. Good night, good night, good night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's fantastic. So if you're bored and you're looking for, it's actually a good app. You have to say if you're bored. It's just that it's constant. Since you're bored, Mm -hmm. (laughs) go ahead and check it out. I'm still in the middle of a mindfulness meditation in plain english which sounds uh pretty dry but it's great it's actually really really great okay. it's sort of a it's a text for vipassana medica- meditation but 
lately though, I, I just, I've been reading and, you, and listening to at least uh, intuitive eating. It's like this book from the nineties. It's about eating kind of mindfully, but before mindfulness was a word. <laughs> before <laughs> it was invented. <laughs> so now I'm like a two book guy. I got my morning read, mm-hmm. right? I have my coffee and uh, I read, and then I've got my go for a walk and listen to an audiobook or podcast. So that's kind of where I'm at. I've got that's this good. whole stack of books that I've purchased out of, I'm guessing some sort of sadness over the years. You know, you go to the bookstore and you just, you don't feel great and you end up buying a bunch of weird books mm-hmm. and you haven't gotten to them. So I'm starting to get to them now. It's pretty books nice. Books are my my thing that I buy um, needlessly. Uh, I haven't recently because pandemic, but mm. we used to, where we used to live before we moved, we lived right near a used bookstore. Um and I would stop in there three, four times a week and just look around sure. and just browse. And I hate shopping. I'm not a shopper. But for books, I love it. And I would buy a bunch of used books for you know cheap, good books. And they're still on my shelf. Same thing. I haven't read them. And I'm prom- I tried to promise myself that I would get through as many as possible during this period of time without buying new books. And so far, it's it's worked pretty well. I haven't bought a book in a long time. That's just a, that's a good way of going through life. is to say, you know what, I've got all these things that I've intended to read at some point. But um, if you're not in the mood, right, like I find a book calls to me, Mm -hmm. and then I want to get into it. Um, But I have this, uh, what is it, the sunk cost fallacy with these books, like I have a hard time just going, this book, I don't like it, and then not doing it. I was going to ask, what do you do? Like, there's some people that that if you start a book, you got to finish it. And there's other people that say, well, if you don't like it, then don't read it. Where do you fall in that? I try, right? I push through to see, to make sure it's not me. And it is obviously me because who else would it be? But I I try and push through and then I get to a point where it's like, look, I'm not enjoying this. I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm not afraid to walk out of a a play during intermission and go, this sucks. Mm. I don't want to, I'll, I'll leave a movie. I'll walk out of a movie. This is dumb. I've done it. Which one? (sighs) Uh, I have to think. It was quite a while And I was with somebody. I was on a date. We we actually collectively looked at each other and said, yeah. Oh, you it. took her terrible. with you. You didn't just leave her there too and just say. No. <laughs> Let me know how it ends. <laughs> Go in the bathroom. Yeah. But uh... So now I've, I've gotten pretty good with saying, you know what? Take the bookmark out. I'm done with you. I don't like this book. Period. Um, others, if I'm, I mean, the whole point I think of reading is not just, it's not like edification. I, I want to enjoy the, the process of reading this because yeah. it's a good book. Don't read to and finish the book. Super, read to yeah. read, right? And it's never, it's not like the writing style. It's like, oh, this is clunky or I don't like this. It's, ne- it's never that. It's just, I, I don't know, just I'm not getting anything out of this. And maybe it could be the timing too, right? You pick up a book and it's like, eh, it's not time to read this thing. For me, I also find that it's just a habit because it could be a book that I'm loving, but if I'm not like setting a time for myself every day or every two days to sit down and actually read it, I can go a week or two without picking it up. And then I just feel like I don't want to. And it's nothing to do with the book. It's just I'm out of the rhythm of having a reading time. And right. for pandemic, I mean, it's been quite easy to do 30 minutes of reading in the morning or before I go to bed because <laughs> nothing else to do. So that's when you need to carve out some time. I'm hoping we retain some of these good habits, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, I don't imagine, like nothing's going to just you know snap back to normal, but I'm going to work pretty hard to, to cling on to some of this good stuff that's happening, Right. Um, I was just reading a quote from Jerry Seinfeld, you know, something about strength training and, and, uh, and meditation and how it can kind of solve just about everybody's problems. Mm -hmm. Point being is, you know, in the last couple of months, I've been 
I've been weight training, right? And, and running and just focusing on rest and reading every morning and doing more meditation than I've ever, it's just like all this stuff. Cause it's like, I've got the time I'm here. I might as well use it well. And, uh, I hope I don't lose. It's almost like a, a lot of these habits, a bird's eye view of, of what we want from our day to day life where we're not commuting to work and spending two hours on a train and coming back and forth. And well, I want to be able to read every day. 30 minutes or whatever. I want to be able to do a little bit of exercise. I want to go for a walk. And realistically, that should be able to fit into any post-pandemic world that that we come into. So that, yeah, I'm going to try and do the same thing. I've fantasized about what uh, prison life would be like. You know, let's let's take away the, the crime that I committed to get me there, the, mm-hmm. the potential sexual assaults that would be likely ongoing mm-hmm. and the variety of let's just say uh, hangups one might have about being incarcerated. <laughs> but the benefits though, and this is getting harder to justify even saying, is I was, I was always fantasized about how nice it would be to really kind of have your life programmed, right? And have all this free time to, to read, to work out. Um, you don't have to think about what you're going to eat, right? All this stuff. You know, one could really just kind of go into one's self and, uh, you know, this is not going anywhere good because I'm certainly not about it's to kind express. Of, you know, it's funny. It's kind of a weird thing, but I'm, I tutor and I tutor some high school students uh, in a, a company that I kind of do some work for. And still, high school students in Canada read 1984, which is great because it's a great book. And the message of the book, obviously, we all know. But we were talking this week with him about in some kind of weird, distorted world. Wouldn't it be kind of nice? Because that kind of dystopia just takes all the decisions away from you you don't have to have this what am i doing today what am i doing what what can i do it's just it is and in some ways i don't know it's kind of nice it can alleviate some anxiety i i'm under the impression and i i've yet to decide how to go about this but i think i might be on the spectrum of autism Mm. i i really i'm starting to think I have what was once called uh, Asperger's, I think. Mm-hmm. Anywho, and uh, what's my point? Um, what I felt like I've always had was more like high anxiety, you know, uh, social awkwardness, all of that stuff. But now I'm kind of like, hmm, I don't know. And the thing about this pandemic is I have never felt better. <laughs> or more chill or calm because as you'd mentioned, so many things are patterned, reliable, uh, predetermined. There's just no margin for surprise. Right. So the anxiety kind of just falls away. I, we, when we first, when we used to live in like in Hako, there's only one grocery store. So you don't have to worry about where you're going to go. And there's only one cheese. So don't worry what cheese you're going to (laughs) get. But it was so soothing, right? Like, yeah, it makes life a little bit easier. It's, am I going to go to this sushi place or am I going to go to that sushi place? Because there's only two sushi places. The wealth of decisions that can be. It's the Netflix syndrome. Like, you, how long do you take scrolling through when you don't have something that you're currently watching? How long does it take you to find something? Or after 20 minutes, just say, ah, I'll just go to bed. Right. It's, um, yeah, I mean, we could drown an option, right? And end up choosing nothing. So I think to your point, it's pretty nice if you say, I'm only going to read, for example, the books that I already have, 
right? And then maybe that I haven't read. So it limits those choices. Like if I go to the bookstore, I'm coming home with 10 books. That's it. Same. Same. <laughs> you know, I know. It's not hoarding if it's books. I think that's what mm. people say that. Yep. <laughs> so I, yeah, all that to say, um, you know, this pandemic thing works out pretty well for me so far. Uh, <laughs> weirdly. Speaking of being uh, late to the party with good food, um, we were late, or I was late to the party. My had watched it already, but um, Shit's Creek. Oh, yeah. I just finished, or we just finished. My watched it again because it's so good. And it, man, it it's hard to watch a show that's so hyped because your expectations are so high, but it definitely exceeded any expectations that I had. It's brilliant. It's so good. Yep. Yep. I, I, I stopped um just randomly but we we started doing that we're like okay well, let's let's do this thing right now that i love when a, a series is over so then mm-hmm. i can just you know consume it at my leisure right and um yeah it was good it's funny really really good it's funny i understand smart. that it got it got better as it went along like most shows might it got really really clever very clever i mean I don't have much analysis on it. It's smart. It's funny. It's mm. fantastic. It's honest. It's real. Um, it's a Canadian show, but mine, I talked about this. There's no, at no point watching it as a Canadian, did I say this is obviously Canadian without knowing, obviously like Eugene and Dan Levy and the other actors on the show are Canadian as well. There's no like references. There's no, they're not trying to input anything in terms of language or Canadianisms. Um, right. So it's pretty neutral in that sense, which I liked. And the messaging is obviously really good and positive, but it's not in your face either. I think it's, it's just really well done. Catherine O'Hara's ambiguous accent is one of the greatest <laughs> parts of that show. <laughs> trying to, other than it's just snobby, but it's not like this. Yes. <laughs> I can't figure out what it is but it's it's perfect it's brilliant you know and it small town could be anywhere yeah could be saskatchewan could be california could be nebraska could be in quebec i mean they did a really good job with that i'm guessing none of them have likely lived in canada for a very long time right so I'm, i'm guessing most of them live in los angeles in that area and have for for many, many years, right? So it's not like it's yeah. letter Kenny where you just have no choice. Like you're, you're you're up to your elbows in it, so you can't help but write it. You know? <laughs> Anywho, I um I'm trying to I, I okay, I, I since we're doing TV shows, unless you're done mm-hmm. with Shits Creek. You're done with Shits Creek? No, done. Yeah. Are we done? Okay. Uh we we really like Apple TV. I don't know if you get that on your television. But I think you can, mm-hmm. like, if you don't have an Apple TV. And uh, For All Mankind, season two has started. And if you haven't watched For All Mankind, I really, really recommend it. It's fantastic. Fantastic series. Okay. And Dickinson's really good, too. I haven't heard of it, but I will check it out. We do have an Apple TV. Um, okay. I bought this nice little iMac last spring, so we get a year's free of Apple TV Oh, products, yes. So. Yes, yes, yes. So we're all well, about Let me tell it. you. <laughs> okay, well, I recommend Dickinson. Uh, I also really liked The Morning Show. And uh, yeah. Loved it. And For All Mankind. It's fantastic stuff. Fantastic okay. series. It's all now, it's 80s. They're on the moon. There's Russians. It's great. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> For All Mankind. Okay. Writing it down. I'm so bored. Well, 
since we're doing this, we're doing this segment today. We also have been diving into some older stuff. Um, we watched Breakfast at Tiffany's the other night. Wow, wow, mm-hmm. wow! I've never seen it. <laughs> you've, oh, it's one of those that you've never seen that what movies for you? <laughs> I know, and it's interesting. Be well, no it's observation because on whatever a streaming platform you use they have now um this program contains uh culture potentially culturally offensive material and yes. racist depictions etc for yes. these older films and tv shows because we also watched an episode of i dream of genie because we're just uh that's where oh. our level of boredom is we're there yeah <laughs> and ditto has this little disclaimer at the top uh which as you watch it, it's like oh, okay yeah mm-hmm which is an interesting um, dissection of how stuff used to be made. It's uh, I've, I just started rewatching cheers uh, as one who might be on mm. the autism spectrum would. <laughs> and yes. I got to tell you uh, some of those, some of those are hard to watch in 2021 because, mm-hmm. Oh, Boy, Sam is constantly sexually harassing people. <laughs> like, yep. you know, it's not like, oh, he's a womanizer, which is a word that they used to use. It's like, no, you're, you're harassing women. You are sexually harassing women all the time at work. <laughs> like, and it doesn't. You're the boss, um, you're the owner of the bar. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not funny anymore. You know, uh-huh. it's not funny. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Molly it's, Ringwald said that uh, she can't watch her movies with her daughter. She's like, I just, it doesn't make sense anymore really? to watch some of those eighties movies that had super racist jokes, uh, were mm-hmm. highly sexist, encouraged terrible behavior. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like watch revenge of the nerds. If you really want to be a little bit, <laughs> check it out. You're, you're going to, okay. you won't believe that you thought that was funny and grew up on that. Not you. You're, so, you're young. Well, <laughs> I didn't grow up on that. No, but I it's same example. I mean, I could watch rewatch shows I used to watch when I was a kid, and we'd find very similar things. I think so. Um, yep. The world has come a long way, which is good. It is good, but uh, I guess we have to deal with now the reckoning and what do we do with that that heap of media, right? Do what do we do with it? Right. I mean, Mickey Rooney in. Breakfast at Tiffany's plays a crazy Japanese character. Mm-hmm. He's not mm-hmm. Japanese. I mean, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of ways to look at that, but none of it's good. No, but what do you do? Do you, what do you do? You know, we're not talking about watching the Cosby show anymore. We're talking about like, mm-hmm. all, like so many things, you know, I, I get the, like we went through that gone through the wind stuff. It's like, well, Oh, maybe we shouldn't have this movie on on these streaming platforms because X, Y, and Z reasons. It's like, I, hmm. Or do we do we use it as a teaching point? Mm-hmm. Right, and go, wow, look, at, look at what we thought was funny, or we thought was acceptable. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I have to dig think deeper about that. I don't know, um, but it's just, I mean, 1961 was when that movie came out, and 
I mean, all the other stuff was way before that as well. So, I mean, I don't know, but it's an interesting well, hopefully observation. Hopefully two young white males on a podcast will probably be able to solve this. We'll get into that next time, Watson. Yep. All right. I'm Corey. <laughs> and I'm Woody with a Caesar. Caesar. Yep. This has been the Isocast. This is really boring. I'm bored. <laughs> I don't like it though. It's good. It's just something different. It's different. Yeah. yeah.